In action, man. We are back in the building. Jared Adams on the check-in. Tyrese Trevor on the check-in. DJ Dark Kent. Yeah, I'm here. Fellas, what's going on? Speaking to the microphone. I'm here. I'm here. We here, man. Definitely wanted to get my boy DJ. Another I wanted to get my boy DJ Dark Kent on the show. Number one, I'm going to explain like the relationship. You feel me? Number one, when I uh, first started doing music, this was one of the only like, I'm not even going to say one of the, the only DJ that like you could actually have a conversation with that wasn't condescending or yeah. running around. Like to get back to me later. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> one of the only DJs that was actually giving people a chance. A chance you know what I mean? And I'm and he did that for me, so I'm sure he's done that for other artists. <laughs> and I've Definitely. seen other artists, you know what I mean, at a time where most people say, you know what, I need seven hundred dollars and we could da da da. He would actually sat he actually sat down with us and was like, you know what, yo, you could either spend six hundred dollars on this, which honestly I could do for you, but it might not help that much, or you could spend two hundred on this. And then put this work in yourself and yada, 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 yada. And I mean, and not a lot of DJs are doing that at all. I don't know one DJ. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Then also a dude that we've had conversation. He says, uh, you know what? I'm thinking about doing this or I'm thinking about doing that. And then I see him do it. You know what I mean? A lot of people say, yo, I'm about to do this or I'm about to do that. Do that. And not that I care or hold it against him, but it just never happened. And not because... It just didn't happen, but they honestly didn't even try that hard. You know what I mean? So definitely one of the people that I know personally that if they tell me like, and it's not like we talk all the time, but just right, from the times right. that we talk like, yo, I'm thinking about buying a, 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 a property and then on one side you could do photo shoots <laughs> and then on one side you could uh, record music and then on another side you could like rent out it and have like a... a, a a mixtape release party and then six months later or a year later however long it took he invited me to come through to exactly what that <laughs> was yeah. you know what i mean a building like that you know what i mean and also i've been able to just see his growth as a man i remember we had conversations about uh your mom or something like that mm -hmm. and then and because I, I had issues with my mom as well and then without even just talking to him just seeing it on his social media I could just tell that that relationship had just that situation had just changed you know what i mean 100%. so i just seen the growth in that and the last thing that i want to say about him is uh another thing that impressed me was just on the sideline seeing a dude that was a a dj or so i thought at the time i don't even know if you could really call yourself dj dark candy more but like a, a dj and then when COVID hit a lot of people was lost scrambling not saying that you wasn't but my man just completely rebranded himself yeah, <laughs> with effortlessly yeah. and turned into an information Hub. guru, <laughs> financial <laughs> advisor. Like, I've never seen a dude go from playing songs in a club, a virus hit, the next week he telling people how to play the stocks. You know what I mean? And, and being straight genuine with it. So I definitely want to just give you your flowers. Thank you, my brother. While you here that. right now. You know what I mean? I appreciate that because I definitely believe in that. So, um, yeah, man. It's been um, 
it's been a it's been a fun fun spin this entire COVID. I've been I've been having fun with this because, you know, uh, most of the people who know me know that these are some of the things that I've been about, or you know what I mean. I've been preaching and and speaking mm-hmm. to like some of my closer friends about. But I think that um, the pandemic just really gave us a an opportunity for everybody to stop and listen, and there weren't there weren't enough informational resources about anything like just even simple things like unemployment you know what mm-hmm. i mean and who who qualified for unemployment and you know how how open that was like there were just simple things that i just i realized that people weren't privy to and so um i say this all the time man like most good things right a black woman emboldened me to like to continue to go on like i, mm-hmm. I literally said something on the gram and she was like yo you need to really continue to say this because people need to hear it and i appreciate you and she was cute so you know that helped so of course I listened, <laughs> right? so i'm like i bet and it's gonna keep you in my dms uh-huh. dope you and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing yeah, that i'm gonna keep doing it so <laughs> so so that's why you know when i when i even started the black shire hathaway playbook like one of the first things that i said in it was like yo thank a black woman for just being as dope as she is because i feel like um enough of us as men don't really appreciate women as muses, right? And allowing them to influence us to do certain things. So um, a lot of this has just been influenced by uh, a multitude of females who have either just asked me like, yo, teach me how to do stocks or teach me this or teach me that. And it's just been like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm make sure that I give this knowledge to everybody. Do you think that's how women should look at us as well as muses? Like the no. same way? Um, no, no, no. Cause a, a, muse, a muse technically can only be a woman. You know what I'm saying? A muse, a muse. When you when you understand divine feminine energy, a muse can only be a woman. But I feel like I feel like women definitely need to understand their ability to embolden a man for him to lead the proper life. You know what I'm saying? I feel like because the the reason why you want to be able to embolden your man to lead is because the first guy through the door always gets shot in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always riskier being the first one out there. Like, if I got to figure out what's going on in the world, let me take lead. Because I, I can take the hits. I can, I can get a little beat up and come back, and you, you don't have to suffer through that. But she has to make you feel like you can do that. You know what I'm saying? And, if you, and then when you get hit, she got to be the one that's there to be like, what you doing down there? Like, you don't belong down there. You know exactly where you're supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. Get up, do your thing, and then keep it moving. Like, you know what I'm saying? My yeah. boy DJ Dark Kent has been talking for two minutes, and it's already already cracked <laughs> drop the gym i didn't want to fuck up the podcast I was, I was about to record it and send it to someone i need to hear that <laughs> but it's all good i'm gonna wait to the edit i'm like yeah. Yeah, like, could you go, go, look that up. Look, look, look that up. What is a muse? Yeah, a muse. Um, uh, uh, so, so, so to be a muse, it is, it is to be influential in an artistic form, right? And if you know anything about divine feminine energy or divine masculine energy, uh, majority of like music, right, is of the feminine energy because it stems from like poetry and song and things of that nature. So if you oh, want to be hard. if you want to be influenced, yeah, right? Like if you want somebody to like I want to know what it is too. If, if you want somebody who can who can influence that art creation, right? Like mm-hmm. I I need to be able to um take from the essence of that, which is divine feminine energy and then mm-hmm. create with that in mind. That's why Drake is who Drake is. And if you remember, everybody was like, yo, he, he's so emotional. He's in such of his feelings. He this, he that. Well, he's actually pulling from 
amused divine feminine energy and right. being able to he's pin using that. the women of power his creativity 100 and he'll tell you that in certain songs like 100 absolutely man 100 like, it says uh definition for muse in greek or roman mythology each of the nine goddesses the daughters of zeus in my sign I don't know how to pronounce that. Who preside over the arts and sciences, or a person or personified force who is the source of inspiration for a creative artist. And, and so originally, it was goddesses. I've definitely had it's that. All though, goddesses. But I didn't know it was a muse, though. You right. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, dang, like some of these women, bro. Yeah. A little too powerful for my. 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, whoa. 100%. Like, whoa. No, I say it all the time. There's certain oh, women crazy. who are so in touch with the divine fem- Erica Badu. Erica Badu is a woman who's so in touch with her divine feminine energy. I would, I would crumble, like I would. I'd sitting in her presence. I'd just be like, "Whatever you want me to do, I'm gonna do it. No problem." Because she in touch with that, and she has I mean, that ability. Maybe di- you think so. Maybe different one. Maybe <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Erica Badu would do that for me. It may be another girl that would do yeah, it for yeah, me yeah, that that doesn't act like Erica yeah, Badu. I'm saying energy is, you know. Um, subjective, right? Certain Word. energies are going to affect other energies and whatnot. So mm-hmm. um, there's just a there's a certain energy that she gives off to me that I just feel like she'd have me under a spell. Like I'm I'm good. I don't okay. want to like, you know, when Drake was like, I went to Erica Badu house and I had tea. I was like, that's a danger zone, bro, because she's <laughs> like she's gonna influence you to do some amazing stuff, and then you're not gonna want to not accomplish it. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like. That's the thing where it's like, yo, what if I'm not focused on that right now? What if I what if I don't really want to be a painter? She influenced me to start painting and now I got to do that now. You know what I mean? Like she will, mm-hmm. she, I feel like she has and that you, ability. And you don't think men have that ability to like influence women? I, I feel like women? Man, man so has here's the, the ability thing. to change a woman's life just by meeting them though too though. So, but here's the thing. You got to understand what I'm saying, right? Do men have the ability to influence women? Yes, but it's through a different medium. It's through action. It's literally through mm-hmm. through action, whereas yeah. a woman has the ability to do that through literally just being there. If the right woman walk in this room right now, you're going to feel inspired to do something. No man is walking in a room full of women and a woman is like, I need to write a song and paint a picture. And uh-huh. that's not where it's happening. That's not how okay. that that's, that's, that's not. But if a woman walk in here right now, we could probably all write a song about her and, and, and be in competition, no less, for mm-hmm. no reason. And she wouldn't even ask for it. Yo, Todd, man, I, I was telling you, bro, I met that girl. She was, I was like, yo, I got to sign up. Like, sign the <laughs> fuck up, bro. It I happens, met that girl man. one time, bro, and I was like, bro, like. It happens. <laughs> I found the right spot for me. Like, if, if chicks like that are pulling up, like, I'm I'm sold, bro. I met her. He said, I'm sold. One time, bro, and I was like, shit, like, this, I knew that that was the spot for me, like, to podcast in Atlanta. Cause I just cause I met this one girl. The energy. And it's just the energy, bro. I was like, whoa, like, shit's crazy, like, mm-hmm. shit's crazy. So that's that 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 that's sounds really dangerous. True. It could be it a is. strength it and, your weakness. It and your weakness. It could be a strength and your weakness. One hundred percent. And that's why that's why it's so important to choose who you interchange a certain amount of energies with. You know what I mean? Because that's an investment. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Whoever it is that you're spending time with and and exchanging energy, you got to be. You got to make sure that you're ready to receive that and then be around that for a certain amount of time because it is. Mm-hmm. It can be something that um, for men, right? The problem with men is we'll start to see the way that she looks at us and then allow that to feed our ego right and so the thing about ego is that's the way that i think the world sees me 
That's what my ego is. My ego is telling me how I think everybody else sees me. But pride is how I see myself based on my own merits and values. And when we allow a woman to feed our ego, if her image of us changes, it has the ability to shatter our ego. And that we've, we've placed too much emphasis on the way in which she sees us. And now we feel like that's a representation of how everybody else sees it. So that's when it can become dangerous. When you allow it to feed your ego too much and you're not really in touch with like, yo, what's your pride? What do you actually stand on that you don't really give a fuck about what the rest of the world has to say? Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't care about their perception of you at all. What is important to you? What do you stand on? What are your merits? How do you view yourself as far as having added value to your, your community or, or your immediate friends or your circle, whatever? Those are the, those are the core things that you, you, know, you stick to because you have results from them. And when you allow her to be like, yeah, you know you that dude. You know you, you know you do this and you know that. And you're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I am, the, I am that. That's when that's, it gets a little... Cloudy because she, she could change her mind, and then what she change her mind, you know, 100%. If, you, if you have work is based on what the women thinks, then mm-hmm. it's not going to end up bad for you. I guarantee this is Alvin calling. Oh, this is my dad, can't answer that right now, but uh, yeah, did you guys want to touch on that? Because I got I got more questions for Dark King, go ahead, go ahead, yeah, man. I saw you on uh, Instagram talking about like dividends, and like, yes, um, obviously, I'm like, I'm not like too in tune with that, okay. so like, if you could give me like basic like rundown on what exactly it is or how it works so just dividends specifically i don't even know what the what it even relates to so like specifically so I, all right so a dividend is is um think of it almost as a kickback right yeah. think of it almost as like a like a return payment for you investing in somewhere mm-hmm. um so the the concept that i like to use is the cup right if you take your money Mm-hmm. And then you put it into a cup and that cup represents a business and that cup goes and then grows. Your money is growing with that cup. So now the amount of money that you have in that cup is more. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool thing about some of these cups, some companies that offer dividends when they grow, right? A percentage of the profit that they've made mm-hmm. from you giving them your money, they kick that back to you. Just because they made money from you helping them grow. They, yeah. they invested your money and made money. So not only did your money grow because it's tied to the value of the company, but now they're giving you some of the profits back. Mm-hmm. And that's what a dividend is. Makes sense. Yeah. But uh, like, does it, like what companies allow dividends? So there's a lot of different companies that actually offer dividends. Um, Which are the most profitable? So right here's now. the thing. Yeah, how's it work? The highest yielding dividends are typically you're going to find them in the, the, the energy sector, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't like people to be in energy right now because it's a dying sector. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, solar is coming out. There's so many different like... Forms just, of energy. Yeah, different forms of energy that, you know, the, the, the traditional forms are not um, the safest. And because of restructuring in companies, dividend yields get cut so if they were going to give you 20 percent of you know every hundred dollars that you invest now they're only going to give you 10 or whatever so Mm -hmm. um i tell people the number one thing to do is to stick to something that's around six percent find a good company that you trust that you either use all the time that you truly believe in is going to be here Mm -hmm. and something that you um can see 
good growth. So you want to be able to see good growth on the dividend, the dividend mm -hmm. payouts, um, but you don't want to be anything a, a above 6%. That's when it starts to get a little subject to be cut. So mm -hmm. one of my favorite dividend plays is AT&T. Mm -hmm. um, as long as AT&T is, you know, around anywhere from 27 to $29, mm -hmm. I like to dump a bunch of money in there to make sure that, you know, because I, I, it's a good company. It's going to be around for a while. Right now, I've actually removed all of my, my shares of AT&T because they have some restructuring to do. Mm -hmm. I saw some other opportunities on the board, so yeah. I took that out, right? But I had already gotten paid a dividend. So mm -hmm. I took some of my dividend money and reinvested it in the other companies. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's How a often does the dividend pay out? Quarterly. Quarterly. Um, so some dividends pay out uh, every three quarters. Some dividends pay out. Well, some, some companies will actually pay you a dividend monthly. Mm -hmm. So different companies do different dividend, dividend. payouts, mm -hmm. uh, but typically it's on a quarterly basis. Okay. Yeah. And it's pretty lucrative, would you say, or... So slow grind or is it like or does it depend how much money you put in obviously like so the the yeah it's about it's about how much capital you have mm -hmm. and so the goal right long term would be to park a significant amount of your money in a good safe well portfolio of dividend plays so that you can now get paid off of your dividend you can live off of your dividend payments Mm -hmm. Right there's there's someone that I follow who's got a couple mil in the market and mm -hmm. he's getting in dividends alone he's getting a hundred thousand dollars on average right a Quarterly, year per, year per year per year yeah. per year he makes about a hundred thousand dollars just on dividend payments yeah. so literally like he could he could live a lifestyle off of just that he could set up look I make a hundred thousand a year mm -hmm. plus whatever else that I'm doing to make money that has to not be touched mm -hmm. but I can literally just live off of dividends just dividends. I can invest my money, I can do whatever it is that I want because my financial freedom is set up so that, look, I, I know for a fact I make 100000 a year off this, mm -hmm. I ain't gonna spend more than 100000 a year on this, this, and this. Everything else that I get, I'll When, when did you I'll start do. getting into all of this and what made you get into yeah, it? Yeah, that's my next question. Um, When did I start getting into it? This was years ago, I've been into stocks. Um, what made me start, I met a man, Sheldon Wilson, um, he was like a big brother to me. He was a god brother. I would consider him. Uh, that's what I call him, my god brother. He um, he he was very, very Nipsey Hustle like in the sense that he saw how big things like coding were going to be, like learning how to code, learning how to do web design, learning um, HTML, JavaScript, C plus plus, like learning those things. Yeah, and so he made it his duty to set up a, a program for students um, in inner city areas to be able to learn those things. When I saw him do that, he also introduced me to Russell Simmons because he was a stockbroker and he had helped manage Russell's portfolio because mm. Russell only wanted to work with African-American investors. Mm. So he had these connects and I saw him you know, maneuvering in certain ways that I was like, yo, this is dope. Like, and then I got to go to his house and I'll never forget the address for his house. He doesn't live there anymore, so I can say it, but it was on Turtle Hollow Drive in Manalapan, New Jersey. Phenomenal crib, amazing family. And he inspired me just by being there as the first time, you know, on MTV Cribs where you see the remotes that control like the blinds and the whole house. Yeah. He had one of those. And I was like, 
I need this. Like I need to I need to know how you doing this. And then um not long after we had met, he actually ended up um retiring from the market and retiring in general and moving down to Florida with five kids and a wife and um became like a youth pastor and was pretty much just like I'm good. My kids are set. Right. They've all got portfolios. They'll be millionaires by the time they're 18. And that just inspired me to just be like, Yo, how old was a, he? 38, 39 when he did this. Wow. So that was, you know, that was just like a, an all inspirational person to be around to see what leverage he had um, from just having financial freedom and just being like, I don't want to work for this job anymore. He had went through something that was racially motivated and he was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this no more. And I'm good. I have my knowledge. I know I can invest. I'm not going to keep making money for y'all when y'all don't respect who I am, when I can just make money in this market myself. And that was like, that was all I needed to see. That was all I needed to experience. That was all I needed to, to be around uh, that's, to understand. That, that's, it's, that's interesting that you used the word uh, inspired when you said you uh, went to his house. Let me ask you a question. What, yep. what were you more inspired by? His house or his his family? It was no it was it was um i think that was the first person who i felt like i saw live a designed life i feel like now i live a designed life where i have financial freedom um so i'm not worried about bills right and i I have the ability to invest um i have the ability to travel when i want to i have the knowledge to do to buy um, enough wealth building assets so that i don't have to worry about money that's the biggest thing. And when I saw someone living like that, and I saw him, um, he would tell me stories about things, situations like he bought his wife a Beamer and one day she jokingly said, no, you can't drive my car. So he was like, all right, and went and bought himself the same car pretty much. And it's like, all right, I don't wanna do that, but I wanna have the ability to like, if somebody tells me, no, I can't drive their car, I'll go buy another one, the same one in a different color. That was the like leverage that I was just like, yo, dude. And then I saw him like, he introduced me to uh, one of his neighbors who owned, you know, five mailbox, et cetera. And so I'd never really heard of franchising. I didn't know you could own, I thought this was one company. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, his neighbor, was teaching me about the business of franchises and owning McDonald's and owning mailbox, et cetera, and all. And then I remember going to his house and all of these crazy multi-million dollar homes, right? Mm-hmm. They typically have like shrubbery. So, you, you know, your yard is not connected to your neighbor's yard. Yeah. Well, because he and his neighbor were good friends, they knocked down the shrubbery and every like Thanksgiving or whenever they wanted to, they would have a huge football game from yard to yard, just like, all the homies come through we all get together we have this crazy we each got houses your deck is is the touchdown my deck is the other touch like and i was like man this is amazing like great word for amazing this is (laughs) this is amazing like you guys do this when you want to like because you can and you guys are talking about what ferrari is coming out next and you Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and uh, so you want to know what 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 he one of the things that he did that changed me was he gave me a watch gave me my first nice expensive watch it was a skagen and how how were you at the time oh my god i was 15 maybe damn wow I was like 15 15 wow. 16 and um 
He made me work for it. <laughs> I, had to, I had to work for it. It wasn't just a gift. I had things uh-huh. I had to do around the house or whatnot. But he he uh he gave me that, and it taught me it taught me the importance of time. He taught me the importance of time. He showed me um, family. He showed me financial freedom. Like I saw him at home with the kids, like waking up, coming downstairs in the basement, playing N sixty four, and like you know just just being like, ah, it's all good. It's Tuesday, but. It's all good. Like, I'm not worried about anything. We're in this house. This house is paid for. I'm selling this house. And it was just like, mm. you really don't work for money. Money works for you. And that was the first light bulb of being like, wow, that's possible. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Never really knew that that was a thing, but that's a thing. Like, your money can work for you. So he introduced me to that, and it just it blew my mind, and I've been on a chase to have financial freedom ever since. Damn, since you were like 15, 16? 15, 16. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people at that age don't really, I mean. But a lot of, uh, who, who at that age is even around now? Meeting somebody yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it was a blessing. I mean, but the first thing that happened was I got fired from my job. I had a, I was 14 years old. I had a, a, my first nine to five CDG. I'll never forget it. Civic Development. You had a group. nine to five at 14? Yep. What, because uh, what, what, what well, I wasn't. School? It wasn't nine to five. Oh, but okay. My first quote unquote, like yeah, where yeah. I'm getting okay, a paycheck okay. and uh-huh. I'm actually working for someone else. It wasn't. I was uh, doing um, telephone marketing after school. Okay. So I would call from like five to nine, okay. um, and um, or four to eight, something like that. But you know, I was 14. I had a title, regular job, and it was it was cool and. At one point, I kind of had had enough. They switched bosses. The new boss was an asshole, hated him. Everybody hated him. And I remember one time telling someone else, like out of frustration, like, yeah, I'm going to quit. And that person told the boss, and he told me that I had quit. He was like, yeah, I heard you quit, so you can't come back. I was 14, so I didn't quite understand the leverage of like, man, that, that ain't how it worked. You want me out of here? You better file some paperwork and tell me to come back. Don't just tell me oh, I heard you quit, so don't come back. I was 14, so I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, to play you as far Yeah, so I couldn't get unemployment. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. But the way it just made me feel was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah, wait a minute. You can try to tell me that you heard that I quit and now I can't come back to work? Ah, uh, no, nah, I will never. I will never. Like, you'll never, ever. So from that moment, it just had me... It had me against the system ever since then. So then when someone showed me how to like never be a victim again, I was like, yeah, that's that's what I'm seeking. Mm. That's what I want. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I understand that uh, I've never been to uh, law, your loft, right? Mm. But I understand that you put in like a lot of work as far <laughs> as getting that up off the ground. So yeah. like, what was that like taking that on as like a creative project for you? Um, like, I understand you might have been like going through this, this, that, and third. Man, the story that, with that. Get that get off the ground and definitely give that, uh, give, give your loft a shout out as well. It's like, yeah, shouts to Loft 9, man. We've yeah. changed the addresses from when I had the first building. We had, uh, you know. Oh, was that another building? Yeah, then? so I, I moved locations um, okay. for, for wiser financial reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm actually about to relocate myself personally to be out west more, so. Um, it was, it's a, it's an easier task to manage this new building. It's a Alice blessing. In LA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll be moving out there for in a, in a few months. Um, so, uh, the story with the loft, man, it was, uh, started as a, a desire for an office. 
I just was like, yo, if I'm if I'm doing this DJ thing for real, right? I had people like you who hit me up, like, yo, I want to meet, and it was like, ah, oh, yeah, all right, well, come meet you somewhere, or you know, we could go to a Starbucks or whatever. And I was like, yo, I need to I need to be able to take this thing a little bit more serious, and in doing so, um, I should probably get an office. Mm-hmm. And me saying like, yo, I want to get an office, kind of turned into me saying, I need to think bigger. And it was like, I need to, I'm not thinking big enough. Um, why, why just an office? I've always been in love with music. I've always, you know, been making beats as a hobby. Why not get a studio? I have enough artists that always want me to play their music, mm-hmm. right? What if now, if I got a studio in one room in my office in here, and the artists are just be like, yo, I'll play your stuff, just record it in here. I was like, at that point, it's gonna pay for the office. Like, I, you know what I mean? The artists are coming there, they getting the win-win, they get to, yeah. they gotta record anyway, so cool, I got a studio, you come record, that'll help pay the rent. And um, then I, I went to my motorcycle clubhouse because I used to ride. And I remember they had a, I was kind of low man on the totem pole and they had this motorcycle clubhouse in Newark. And I was in a group chat and it was like, yo, should we throw an event or should we just pay the rent? And I was like reading that and people were like, nah, we'll just throw some money up and pay the rent. And I was like, wait, you have the ability to make you guys know for a fact that you make at least like the, the lowest amount you can make in a night is $1,100 ever. And rent's like 15. And you mean to tell me you would rather just pay that than to just throw in it? Like, give me, I'll throw my own event in there every day. And I, I and so immediately I was like, I'm not going to use theirs. I'm not thinking big enough. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to get a space, it's going to be my office. It's going to be a studio. It's going to be a place I can do events as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started looking and then I found I found the uh, I found the the building that what used to be Love Nine, and uh, that was a hassle. That was a whole hassle. Um, there's an entire story behind what happened with me trying to get the loft. I got robbed for every dollar I had in the middle of trying to secure everything. Then right after that, the house that I was staying in, I was living in the basement that um the I, the the owner of the house lost the house to foreclosure Caldwell Bank came to knock on my door and tell me you know living in this basement apartment is illegal you got to be out of here in a week that was right before that was like right after I got robbed for every dollar I had mm-hmm. so it was like you have no bread robbed in what way so DJing trying to uh trying to secure pay for get everything together with the loft i had gotten to a point where instead of putting the money in the bank because i had certain things that were on auto pay certain bills that were just coming out i would rather just keep my money in cash because most of what i was getting was cash and so to be disciplined because a lot of us don't have a lot of financial discipline so sometimes we do certain things like i've seen older people give their money to someone else to hold because they don't want to spend it Right, so we don't like in our culture we don't have a lot of financial discipline, mm-hmm. and I didn't have that. So I, I knew I had to give it to myself. I just didn't know how to do it. And so with all this cash and me staring at it, what I would do is literally zip tie it. Every time I had a thousand dollars, I would zip tie it so that I could not touch this money. Zip tie it like how? Like an actual zip tie, like an actual oh, plastic. Oh, like the thing that they put on your wrist yes, and stuff. Yes, okay, like yeah. a plastic zip tie. I would I would fold the money and zip tie it around it. So literally, that was $1,000, can't can't touch it. Damn. In order for me to want to touch it, I have to go get scissors and cut, like, 
I'm not that was my discipline. Yeah. And um I had begun to do that and that was a great savings plan. And then um not moving <laughs> not moving with the best of wisdom, meeting a woman who was in touch with a certain aspect of her divine feminine energy, she began to wild me and uh the, not long after that she robbed me. Long story short, it's pretty much what happened. Okay. I was I was yeah. dealing with her, and unfortunately, she knew where I I kept the stash at. Um, then you know it was on and off thing. We weren't serious, so yeah. she hit me up one day and was like, "Hey, you know," and it was random, super random. And the question that she asked was like, "How long are you going to be in the club? Not like when are you coming home? When are you going to be? You know, but how long of a window? Pretty much." Was she asking, "Do I have to, mm -hmm. to get in this house to break in your house and, and alleviate you of all your funds?" And she did. And then a week later, uh, I got a knock on the door from Caldwell Bank telling me I had to be out of there. So mm. very, very like I ended up moving with a friend, staying in his basement, and um, that was when I started smoking weed. That was exactly when I did not smoke. Yeah, because I I I I saw you smoking weed a lot. I noticed that. Yeah, that I'm, like, I'm like I'm like he's, he's smoking weed a lot. Yeah. Like, I I don't ever remember him. Uh, I didn't. So doing that. What happened was um, when I moved in with my friend. He he was an artist, just like you, right? Somebody who I championed a lot and was like yo holding you down. But he and I had developed. We lived close, so we had developed a dope friendship relationship, and it was more than just the artistry. And so he called me up to ask me how I was doing. I told him the truth, like, yo, not good. I told him everything that was happening. He was like, yo, you can come stay in my basement. We could do, you know what I'm saying? Don't worry about paying me nothing. Like, you've always held me down when it comes to music. So don't even worry about it. Like, just get back on your feet. I know what you. I know what it is that you're trying to do. He knew the dream. He saw the vision. So he was like, bro, I know what's going on. Don't worry about it. And uh, I went to his crib. And he's an artist, right, who dabbles in the herbal medicinal you know playing field and i'm in his house right so he's like yo first off you need this right and i'm like yo, i mean i'm a guest in your house i don't but why not and what it did for me was it, it gave me a sense of mental clarity where i was able to dissect the my weed. problems yeah okay. um you know w once i was you know under the influence i was um i was able to dissect my problems with less emotion and a lot more logic and I was able to find a lot of probable solutions to really be able to make moves happen and get back on my feet. And that's what I started to do. Um, I just started to finesse situations where people, people who were like, I, I started looking at gigs that I had as a DJ. Mm -hmm. And people were like, hey, you know, if you know a lighting guy, right, that's less than five grand, let us know. Because these lighting guys. <laughs> They're like, oh, these lighting guys, they all want to charge, you know, 5000 this, is that, and a third. And I'm like, okay, I'll find you a guy for four. And I was like, for real? I was like, yeah, me. I was like, just give me a deposit, and uh, I got you. They gave me the deposit. I went and bought lights with it. I didn't even have any lights at the time, but they gave me. I just I started seeing, like, you know what? I'm going to just move this situation. I saw the chessboard a lot more clearly, and so... Um, yeah, that helped me to really start to, to maneuver these pieces. I was able to financially get back on my feet um, from staying with my friend for about a little under a year, I think it almost took me, mm -hmm. right, of just staying there. I can't remember. It might have been less than that. Um, but, yeah, I started, I was able to get back on my feet and um, 
and to 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 be able to have enough money to invest in the business again because that was a very big thing too and uh and then i just i spent my last dollar on it yeah i spent my last i was like this is this has got to work i got to make it work mm-hmm. and um and yeah and i built it piece by piece brick by brick um i gave myself enough of a runway with my gigs this that was the most dangerous thing that i did was i knew i had gigs lined up right for months so i was like even though i'm spending my last right now i know for a fact that i'm supposed to have this this money coming in super gamble because as we see right now pandemics can happen Mm -hmm. and gigs can Mm -hmm. be done yes sir so um it was a super gamble but it paid off and it and it you know it worked out it's not something that i would suggest people do i would tell you you know stack your cash and have a nice runway have a nice literal financial runway of cash but it worked for me because i was i I would say this it worked for me because i was driven by my passion i was passionate about it you know i mean i wasn't doing it for the money and that's the thing that I, i like to tell people is like you can you can be led by motivation right motivation can push you but if it's if it's not in a direction that you want to go in then that motivation won't even have that effect anymore Right. There's so many times that we're motivated to do certain things for our parents. Right? Oh, I don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer because my mom wants me to be a doctor or a lawyer. That's, that's the motivation. It's like the parental, I want to be this because I want your approval. And then that changes. And then you're like, you know what? I kind of want to do this because this is what makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And so I always like to ask people, like, if you had this imaginary amount of money, whatever you think is going to make you happy, whatever that, that amount is that you like, yo, if I had this in the bank, I'd be straight. Whatever that this is, yeah. and you had your bills on auto pay. So that means you have that money in the bank. It's not going to come out. Mm-hmm. And your bills are automatically being paid for you. What would you do every day? What would you want to do every single day? Because money's not an issue. When you find that, you found your passion. And the thing about that is instead of being pushed by motivation where you could be led in the wrong direction, your passion will pull you. It'll literally pull you and you won't be able to fight it. You know what I'm saying? Like if I pull you on your shirt, you could try to lean back, but you're still going to be coming. I have more leverage pulling you than you do trying to pull back. And that's what passion is. Passion will pull you in the right direction because you're going to end up going through bullshit. Like you might not get robbed for every dollar you have and then told that you got to move out of your crib in a week, but you're going to go through bullshit life is full of it mm-hmm. but when you're but when you're led by your passion it don't matter you just step over step around it and that right. was the thing that really like i love to tell people it's like yo follow your passion the reason why i made it after after going through what i went through and there's so many other moments in that story of failure yeah. there's times where the truck that i had on the way to a gig broke down had to get a new truck the car that i was driving caught six seven flats like so many different just trials tribulations that i had to go through mm-hmm. That it was like, I wanted it bad enough that this continued to pull me. And so I didn't have to worry about ever stopping or ever not completing my goal. It was literally like, all right, how do, just how do I get to it? How do I, how do I get here? I see the end of it. There's nothing that's, something might come in my way, but I know where I'm going. Something's pulling me there. So it's like, you know, motivation is pointless. I tell people that, like, motivation is cool, but it's pointless. If you're not passionate about it, because motivation is fleeting, it'll leave. It will leave. It will change. It will. It will diminish. It yeah. will, and it does sometimes. It does, yeah. bro. It does, like even for the war report, like me, bro, dog. Like I just been so many times where I didn't even want to keep going. Mm-hmm. And didn't we didn't want to put out episodes. We didn't want to podcast anymore. And like you lose people along the journey. Like you lose 
chicks and you just like, man, like I don't even know. Like, I'm not in the mood to do right. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I'm really not in the mood right, right. now to really be podcasting like that. But uh I say like honestly you gotta find it within you, but mm-hmm. also like me, I would say like having good friends, having older brothers definitely definitely has like pushed me to like keep going and now we like still rocking out. So like and and honestly one thing key that you said is like you're gonna lose people like along the journey too. Mm-hmm. So like make sure that like whatever like your passion it is, like it is isn't attached to like a person. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. Because like the person can leave and like you one hundred percent. You'll like legit forget like why you even started or like what life was like before you met the person. One hundred percent. So like that shit is so super key, bro. And one thing I gotta commend you on is like you're a huge risk taker, bro. <laughs> risk, you know what I'm saying? Like risk, risk. You know what I mean? If you don't take no risk, you know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna get the reward. So like, 100%. you're living testament to that right now, bro. You're you're, you're motivated me. <laughs> if I can say anything, bro, is that I'm a calculated risk taker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because nine times out of ten, I'm betting on myself. Yeah. You know, I'm betting on my ability to make something work. And that's that's the that's the the risks that I like to take. That's why I like to so do in, the stock market. Yeah, even when you said that, I was I was uh, I was like, I honestly don't even know if he's a uh, a risk taker because anything that he's told me, I I don't even be feeling like, oh, why that that's risky. I just be feeling like, oh, why that's what Bro, you about to do? <laughs> I, I I think you about to do that. Finding yeah. the law space and just being like, you know what. I'm gonna just make this my home. No, hundred percent. There's a there's there's a risk taker and a and a fucking goal go getter. Right. Like a, it's a, 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 where 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 it's a balance. So when you when you number one when you're led by your passion, right? You literally don't see it as risk. You see it as a goal, right? So but from the outside yeah. looking in, it's risky. It is risky because someone else's perspective is like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't put everything all of my chickens in that basket and believe for them to lay eggs for me to be that's not that's not how i would move so it takes perspective to look at certain things as risky right i've had enough success betting on myself that it's been like this ain't a risk this is actually just how i move right like that's how i started my dj career i remember Mm -hmm. when i first started nobody wanted to book me there wasn't nobody like when i was trying to be serious there was nobody booking me nobody was looking for me it wasn't until I was like, all right, well, cool. Then guess what? I'm going to become your competition. And I'll throw my own parties. And I'll throw me and my business partner, we will throw my own parties to build up my name. Instead of me relying on someone else to book me, now I'm your competition. Now you now now the price is double. Because in order for you to book me, you're actually asking me to not be your competition. And it turned, it ended up going, this is no lie, it ended up going from me trying to get certain people to book me they wouldn't book me i became competition and they ended up doing parties at my club mm. so it was like now you're collaborating on my dime i'll give you whatever percentage i feel like giving you and so when you have enough moments like that of like man i bet on myself it's not a bet that's just that's how i walk like yeah. that's literally how lifestyle. i yeah it's a lifestyle that i live where it's like bro first off i live a designed life I live a designed life. I truly believe that that's my mantra. I design the life that I live because there are more things that I have control of than than things that have control of me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's more things I'm in control of that than there are things that are in control of me. I like I I I I value some of the things that I have, but I don't cherish them as anything of a definition to me. So if I lose anything, it's not in control of me. 
It's not in control of how I feel. It's not in control of how I move. It might be in control of the circumstance, but that doesn't change me. Just because my car blew up. All right, well, bet. Now I got to just figure out another way to be mobile, mm -hmm. to be, to, to do X. Yeah, out. that's it. It's a that would be a crazy situation, but hey, at least I wasn't in it. Like that's that's where gratitude comes in. And it's just like, all right, I got it. I can I can continue to walk in that direction because I know that my life is designed. There's nothing that has super control over me. And so yeah, like I said, man, when you when you are led by your purpose, it's less of a risk and more of just a a calculated investment. You know. Okay. Do you have uh, any more questions? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely gotta ask you about the. Can long we can we break for two seconds? Yeah, yeah, I just sure, I just sure, that, sure. all I gotta do is just call my mom back because she been. All right, there we go. We should be all good now. Back uh, in action. Action again. Um, yeah, man. One thing I definitely had to ask you about was the loan uh video that you put out. That thing. I'm not sure. Did you ever like check? Like how it did across all platforms, like how viral we got. Um, because I remember, I never forget the day Tyrese called me. He was like, "Yo, <laughs> this is dude." Like I know you heard of Dark Kent before. My like, yeah, I heard of Dark Kent before. DJ Dark Kent. He like, yeah, he got this video ever since Corona. He just been on this shit. <laughs> 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 and uh, hold on, I, I can't even answer this yeah, either. Yeah. But uh, he's like, yo, ever since Corona, like he just been on his his finance shit like i don't know you gotta watch this video <laughs> apparently you could get a free ban from the government yeah so like like he sent that to me i might have sent it to like seven people my damn self like yo, yo i right. gotta watch this video because the ban came in about two days right and then i was getting calls like yo the question i gotta ask you about is like i started getting calls like yo apparently if you put 10 nine employees right, they're right. gonna send you nine bands right Right, so what's your take on that? Because I actually called like a, a great, license, like, a license, great question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I called a licensed like CPA, like that I had seen like an online ad for right, right. to get like his opinion on it. He was like, he's like, yeah, well, um, do you have like the taxes that are right. like in the in like the the bank like the the, the records that show that you have nine employees or something right. like that? I was like, no. I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. Then don't do it. It's not exactly. for you. And so, I didn't do it, <laughs> but. Some people did cash out with the nine grand off the nine employees, ten grand off the ten employees. Right. So like, what was your take on that? Seeing that because I'm not gonna say that you kind of popularized it, but to some people you kind of did as far as showing people the method as far as how to put the the claim in in a legal way. Right. Some people just took it what you did and ran with it. Yeah, hundred percent. So what's your opinion on that? Are, are you talking about the ten bands thing? I'm talking about the ten yeah, bands. Yeah, I bet yeah. I want you to ask that question one more time just straight up. Okay. Right now. All right. So just for just for editing purposes. So what's your opinion on people that use the SBA loan to mm -hmm. take out ten bands or nine bands that they can't necessarily show on their taxes as far as their mm -hmm. business income? Um so here's my here's my take on the whole situation. The reason why I did the video and told people to put one band is because most people um, have a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Most people have some sort of a side hustle income. And in my in my research and and trying to figure out you know ways to um, alleviate pe people's stress that they were going through, I learned about grants um, that were going on. And in this particular grant, it was self certified. And it was um, repurposed. 
So the original purpose was for only small businesses, and then it was repurposed for micro businesses as well. And a micro business is anything that has, you know, one employee. And so when I read that and I, and I fully understood that, I realized that um, a lot of people were eligible. Everybody was eligible yeah. if you have a side hustle. Yeah. If you have some sort of a side hustle and it's been affected by COVID, no matter what it is that you do, um, even if it's not something that you've, you know, taxed because maybe you didn't make enough to, to claim on taxes or maybe you haven't structured it like that or whatever the case may be, whatever your financial situation, you do qualify if you have that side hustle. And so I wanted to make sure that everybody understood that. Um, now, <clears throat> some people did take the other thing. The other reason why I wanted to do be a band is because I knew that there was a limited number of resources. And I was like, all right, if everybody gets a band, like everybody can get a band. If everybody gets <laughs> 10 bands, not everybody can get the 10. Right. There's yeah. like a lot less people that can actually that eat. 10 bands started going up. It's shut down quick. <laughs> right. Um, so here's my take on the situation with the 10 bands. Um, and this is all opinion, opinion based, right? They got bigger fish to fry They're They are, they are going to be investigating fraud from these situations, but anything under 10 grand is not really worth their time to investigate, um, because they are doing loans as well. The loans are yeah. what they will be scrutinizing yeah. because that money is subject to be paid back and nine times out of ten that money is more than ten bands yeah um so the majority of the pressure for nervousness for trying to feel like oh did i did i do something that might put me in the in the hot seat is only should be higher felt if you took out a loan and you aren't very specific in the way in which you monetize um and you 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 utilize those funds um so pardon me to anybody who got the 10 mm -hmm. or the nine or whatever in my opinion you straight mm -hmm. right i'm not a financial advisor so i can't give financial shout advice out, i, I want to just give a shout out to my boy mike who who continuously called me and was so scared i'm not gonna say, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not gonna say what, what mike it was but i just want to shout out my boy mike i want to look into the camera and shout out my boy mike because he continuously called me like, continuously bro. sent me it, it was a meme of some chick in a projects getting yeah, arrested yeah, that he, was, that he was sent the me the meme yeah, i'm like mike do you believe that mike right somebody made that like literally <laughs> somebody it's, made that hilarious mike. man i feel like um <laughs> i feel like we as a community as a culture have a a disconnect with some of the abilities that we have to be awarded funds from the government because we haven't properly executed that. Like I realized mm -hmm. that like some of the community didn't really understand what a grant even was, mm -hmm. which is like, listen, that's something that you don't have to pay back or, or how, how grants work where it's like, look, man, some of these companies got so much money that they literally have to give it away in order to, for taxes. Yeah. It's like, yo, I'd much rather, I'd much rather give this money away and get good publicity, mm -hmm. right? And the other thing is, here's how it really works, all right? If I, if, I, if I make $10 million and the government says that they want a certain amount of it, I can now allocate some of that bread and say, well, this is grant money. 
And so now it goes into the fund to say, look, I'm going to give a million dollars of grants away. However, in order to qualify for it, you have to have one green eye and one blue eye, which is like nobody, right? Nobody's going to be able to qualify for that. So guess what? That money is still there for me to be able to utilize for other things because nobody qualified for it. But I also didn't get taxed on it because I said, no, 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 I didn't make that money. I put it over here. It was grant money. So a lot of this, a lot of these funds are like shell game money where some of these companies are just parking bread just to be able to say, nope, this was a loss. We didn't make this much money. We actually gave some of it away. So it has to go to certain places. Yeah. And when you start to understand like, oh man, y'all over here just trying to, y'all trying to cheat taxes. Guess yeah. what? I'm about to cheat y'all. Like when you start to just be like, yeah. yeah, like nah, y'all not. A, a lot of like, a lot of people that I talk to like during, during that problem, yeah. dur- I mean, during that situation, I, I realized a lot of people didn't realize like, yeah, you know, you're playing and there's nothing wrong with playing fair but Mm -hmm. i'm like you do know that these people aren't playing fair right a a lot of people are under the assumption that a lot of whether it's white whatever color but these people at the top are just not playing got got it from college yeah working hard and then some people are like such in a like uh, a different space financially that they really think nine thousand dollars is a lot right that they that they think like yo somebody's gonna kill me mm-hmm. <laughs> over this nine thousand dollars like they can't like e- they don't even even notice yo, they the books they, they can't like even imagine companies or business or anything being in a position where they wouldn't notice nine thousand dollars right like just because you think that nine thousand dollars is a lot yo it's people out here that if they lost a million dollars they they might not notice it all right so let me break this down too right because here's here's the other here's the other um fun little fun little tidbit that people don't know the money came from the sba right the sba is a government uh ran affiliation right so the sba's job is for small businesses right if if you want to start a small business, but you don't have much collateral and you need a loan, you are a higher risk. So what the SBA does is they will back the loan up to a certain amount. So if you need a loan for $100,000, the SBA, like you can go to the SBA and say, look, I need to get this loan. And the SBA will route you to a bank and then that bank will give you that money and the SBA will say, we'll guarantee that no matter what happens, we will give back 70%. So the SBA is literally just backing these funds. That's what a lot of the SBA is doing. There's backing small business loans, right? Mm. So because they work with small businesses, the government, when they did the CARES Act, they put like $250 billion aside for the SBA to give out in loans and grants. So The way in which this was supposed to work was if you had a small business, if you had a small business, if you had a a tax ID, you should have been able to go onto this site and apply for the loan. And then once you apply for the loan, they allocated a separate fund that was just for grants for anybody who applied because you're saying that you need help. This is the immediate help. And every single person who applied with a small business was supposed to get $10,000, not $1,000 per employee. If you applied with a small business, you were supposed to get $10,000, period. Now, what happened is 
Jovita Carranza is the president of the SBA. She had, she, a little while ago, she was on trial. Pretty much talking to the House and the Senate about what happened. Because instead of giving every business that applied $10,000, they decided amongst themselves that they were going to break it down and give $1,000 per employee. And so when they did that, the House and the Senate, Congress was like, look, that's not what we told y'all to do. So y'all actually are misappropriating these funds because that's not what we told you guys to do. You guys are making up your own rules. So they literally took her to trial so that she could testify about why they did that. And so their defense was, well, we wanted it to be available for everyone. We wanted it to be available for micro businesses, too. And so when they use that as their defense, that created the loophole for everybody to be able to get in because that they were saying like, oh, well, the reason why we didn't just give everybody $10,000 just for applying was because we wanted to spread it out and make sure micro businesses and, you know, small, small businesses and everybody, even if you have a side hustle, like even if you're whatever, whatever like everybody, you know, we know that this is a pandemic and there's so many people who are affected who don't, you know, report to this or don't do yeah. that. So we wanted to make it available for everybody. And I was like, oh, well, did you now? Well, I'm going to tell everybody. Like, cause you mm -hmm. thought that she was gonna make it available for everybody and keep it a secret. That's really what you wanted to happen. And who knows how much, how many other things are out there that people Yo, can apply for? Listen, listen. There's a ton of things. This one just happened to be the easiest and the most readily accessible, and it was yeah. self-certified. Yeah. Where it was like, look, everything that you say is on here is you certifying this yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was once I once I saw that, I was like, man, it's it's fair game for everybody. Okay, and uh, my my last que my last question that I have, I don't know if you have any more questions. Oh no, that was my last one. My last question is, uh, in terms of just family, mm -hmm. uh, do you have any goals when it comes to marriage? Do you have any goals mm -hmm. when it comes to children, or if you want to have children, do you have any goals? I want to know if you have any goals when it comes to uh, family in the future. So here's how do you the, plan on living your life that way? Here's the thing, right? When I say I live a designed life, I've I've let go of the desire for other people. It's a very difficult thing to have to do. Um, for me, it's a little bit easier because I grew up as an only child. So I'm I'm a little bit more comfortable with being able to be by myself for longer periods of time. Um, but I truly feel that when when people get truly comfortable with who they are and they're not looking at outward appearances so much, they'll be able to be more comfortable with being by themselves. So like a lot of people want other people because they want that sense of self-validation of like, yo, I am good enough in somebody else's eyes. I am worthy of being loved in someone else's eyes because if we don't see that from somewhere else, we can't see that in ourselves. A lot of people have that disconnect. So for me, um, I went through a transitional period in my life where uh, of course I wanted kids for quite some time and now, um, I think the thought of kids would be amazing. I would love to have a, a, a little one. I see some of my friends have them and, um, you know, I have nieces and nephews and whatnot. And that would be amazing to be able to pour into someone and to watch that, you know, develop and grow. But I don't attach my self-worth or happiness to that. I, I make sure that I don't attach my self-worth or happiness to any other person, whether it be living or unliving whether it be the idea of having a wife or the idea of having a child. Um, I feel like for me, 
thanks to gratitude, I have enough ways to design my life with enough happiness that the things that I would think or that I used to want or that may be attached to other people don't have as much weight of importance in my life. Okay. Because I'm not, I just, I don't depend on those things. It's like a weird answer, but it's like a transitional phase that I'm in where it's like, yeah, I would love to be able to have kids and to have a wife, of course. Um, I would definitely love to, to, I think for me, right, more than having a wife, it would be a partner. Like, I would love to have a partner who can um, help me on my not so great days or who um can can assist me in growing whatever whatever it is that i'm working on or a friend partner work. or not even and then there's also a part of me too right that i would like somebody just to be able to share within my happiness and i'm saying it's cool to be able to go to islands but it's better to be able to take to go on a vacation give someone else that experience yeah yeah and so i think um I think for me, no matter what level or or design it comes by, I would love to be able to have a counterpart. But again, I'm just not dependent upon it when it comes to my happiness or mental structure in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Yeah. Right, man. Appreciate you for coming through. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys for having DJ me, man. I love Dark what you're Kent. doing. On the ones and twos. Yeah, man. Definitely glad I was... Uh, able to participate in giving you flowers right now you thank know you what I mean? yeah i appreciate that i appreciate this and opportunities like this i think more people um need to take the steps to to do what it is that you guys are doing because it deserves to be it deserves like it deserves to be heard and mm-hmm. and and it's and it's not that difficult anymore where it's not facts. that difficult anymore so yeah man well i appreciate you for coming yeah man, there, man. yo appreciate you guys again no problem, bro. Ah, somebody banging at the door. Like, yeah. banging it. Banging it. Oh.